Hello again, and welcome to SCGC for Thursday, May 7th. If you're not aware, SCGC meets right here every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we discuss the latest gaming headlines with a wide variety of panel members and guests. We also do a whole bunch of other stuff as time allows, like a separate show about movies and television, pre-recorded content, and a bi-weekly morning show every other Friday. If you've been along for the ride so far, welcome home. And if not, hey, feel free to stick around and maybe throw us a subscription. Every single podcast is archived the next day on our YouTube channel for those who like to watch. And you can find us on all major podcast services for those who like to listen. Good evening, everyone. I'm Ira Glass. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to This American Life. <laughs> so different. Fuck it. John's not here. I'm taking the volume, taking the volume down or not. I'm trying. I'm oh. auditioning for some Ubisoft trailer voiceovers. So. <laughs> Who is in charge of updating that copy so we stop telling people on our morning show that we don't do? <laughs> I am well aware that we don't do half the stuff. I'm just going off the cuff. You're, I'm not upset with you. I'm not upset. John's fired. Uh, we, hey, John's we might fired. we might do it again, and then it might be accurate. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> We'll maybe when movies start up again we the and maybe when movies start up again we can talk about movies yeah, this, this is like time to relaunch a movie podcast is it oh my god Jeff Point. that was beautiful thank you thank you thank you Ira. Um, before we start I want to go crazy off topic because I haven't had a chance to talk to Derek in a bit Derek I'm digging up a tree real soon I hear you dug up a tree yeah I planted a tree actually um, what do I need to know in like 30 story, seconds oh what kind of tree is it and what kind of soil uh, do you have? Small tree, uh, just well, regular like topsoil clay. So let me tell you. Let me t let's let's Six take feet a tall, three inch trunk diameter. Let's take a a small. So are you planting or digging it up? Like, uh, I'm gonna dig it up. I'm okay. gonna put a new tree That's in there. That's the wrong. Okay, so here, let me tell you the problems I ran into with planting my tree in a couple minutes quickly. Um, oh my god. So um, <laughs> we had we had uh, a <laughs> um and we got a memorial tree. And uh, Martha wanted a Japanese maple, so she was dropped off a Japanese maple by family for, for us to plant, uh, which turned out to be for me to plant. Um, I live <laughs> in Kentucky. Kentucky has very, very tough, hard, compact clay that is extremely alkaline. Um, hmm, that's what we have. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Japanese maples specifically require slightly acidic soil and don't grow very well on super compact soils like clay. So I had to and, and they require a certain amount of space um, out so that the roots do not rot, because when you plant in clay, if you just dig a hole the size of the root ball and fill that with some soil, you're basically creating a bucket that's going to fill up with water when it rains and all of the roots will rot because uh, they will be basically underwater. So you need to dig a massive crater. I had to dig three feet out in every direction from where I planted the tree um, and about an extra six inches down below where the root ball was going to be. And then I had to fill all of that with fresh uh, planting soil. Um, and then I was stuck with a mountain of very, very dark red Kentucky clay that I can't do fucking anything with. Um, so where did that clay go? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, this was a self-pilot so, so for do, our new gardening do, show. Do research. Um, find out what your what your particular tree needs and what your particular soil is, and and uh, go from there. But it is more. It took me six hours straight of just the planting. Um, so this isn't a weekday evening job. No, absolutely not. Okay. 
All right. All right. And I didn't even have to dig a tree up. This was in an empty spot. So. I hope this is somebody's like first ever episode and they just like are tuning in. And What's we're up, just talking bitches? About we're talking trees. about trees. To segue into video games, what I'm hearing is Animal Crossing is a bunch of bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <before we> <laughs> shovel and I just. <laughs> Derek, can you hear weird ambient nonsense from my end? No, not at all. I'm Neighbors going at it. Ears? Is doing a remote D. De- Actually, I know exactly who lives upstairs. Doing a remote D and D session, and I can hear um, somebody on the call's very deep bass, bass voice just yelling D and D things. It's not coming through, so we'll yeah. have to uh, okay. catch Carry the archive on, of that. Cast magic uh, missile at the darkness. Everybody at home. This is a video games podcast. Um, let's Technically, talk about, let's talk about what we've been playing. Derek, do you want to start? Yeah, I can. Um, so I have been playing uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake, uh, which, uh, for those of you who know, I don't have particularly fond memories of Final Fantasy VII. It's very middle of the pack for me, so I don't like deeply love it. I don't really hate it. Um, you know, it's it's very much a, a, a middle of the road Final Fantasy for me. But I am very much liking the remake. I like what they've changed. I like the combat. I like the writing. It's fun. It's not as flanderized as a lot of the FF7 content that's come later. That's very like, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, everyone is a stereotype of themselves. You know, it, it, it feels good. Um, I'm just hitting Wall Market, which is the area I swear half the people I know have been waiting for me to get to because they know that I'm <laughs> our, our local loud omnisexual motherfucker. Um, so uh, I have not gotten to the part where Cloud Cross dresses yet, but I promise you, you will all know when it happens. Um, I've also been... I'm, re- I'm not the only one who hasn't finished it. Yeah, I'm also um, replaying StarCraft II's campaign just because it's a good comfort food. I, you know, it was something to fill some time. Um, and... I dug up today for a stream, I dug up Freedom Force, which was a 2002 um, top-down superhero, like, tactical RPG from Irrational Games, the team famously oh, wow. did Bioshock. I I haven't... Yes, I I haven't heard mention of that game in so long. Yeah. I used to play the demo of it on the Xbox at my local FYE all the time <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when I was dude. a kid. Yeah. Um. So Freedom Force has is a very 2002 PC game. It's a little hard. It's a little unforgiving. It needs a little bit of work to make it work and make it run. Um. But it's a good time. Um. But the big thing is the Final Fantasy VII remake. Everyone's excited. I have a DM of like seven other people who just want my reactions to Chapter Nine alone. So I'm in it. Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> when, when do you think you're gonna you're gonna get to that part? And would you stream it? I uh, so I probably won't stream it. Uh, mostly because Twitch does have restrictions on. Um, no, I'm kidding. But um, no, it just, it's, <laughs> it's 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 inconvenient. Uh, to That's stream fair, yeah. when I hit a certain point, probably tomorrow afternoon. Honestly, like I, I have finished the Coliseum. Um, I am about mm-hmm. to go get dresses and presumably do like the squat contest and the the goofy hot tub thing, and then cross. Like that's got to be coming in my next play session. So uh, I cannot wait. Yeah, it's it's. I can vouch for the fact that that's right where you yeah. are, based off I, of the last. I episode. remember the 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 Final Fantasies somewhat. <laughs> <Yeah>. I have <laughs> played a video games, so that's what I've been doing. Reb, what have you been playing? So I'm still playing Animal Crossing. Sorry, <laughs> um, I'm actually, there's other I'm games out there. A point where I think I think in the next couple of days um, I will probably start playing something else. Um, we're going to talk about the Xbox stuff 
uh, later in the thing. But honestly, I, and I will get to why later, but just watching uh, the Valhalla stuff just made me want to play Assassin. Not necessarily Valhalla, but just Assassin's Creed in general. And so I think I'm going to start playing Odyssey maybe this weekend. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so lots of Animal Crossing. I got my golden slingshot, uh, which felt really good. It's my second golden tool. Um, I have finally cleaned up my flowers for the most part. I have a beach full of them. I have put all the flowers I don't need on the beach and I'm letting people take them. Um, at some point I'm going to try to arrange them into some semblance of order. Um, but yeah, I've mostly just been, I've been playing for like an hour or two, usually, usually just about an hour, maybe a little bit longer every single morning just to kind of like go around the island, dig up fossils, water the plants, talk to all my neighbors. Um, it's, it's kind of a nice feeling to sort of just be in the rhythm of playing Animal Crossing. This is what I like. And I know, I know a lot of people are burnt out on the game at this point. Like they're like, oh, there's nothing more to do. There are no more objectives. I'm bored. Um, and that's fine. Like that's completely valid. That is not me. Um, I have always loved the loop of Animal Crossing and being able to check in every day, talk to everybody, you know, see what little things have changed. Cause it's a sim game. Like you log in every day and you can find like little incremental changes. And that's what I really like. Um, currently, I think my, my goal, so like, I am of the opinion that all villagers are good. There are no bad villagers. Some people like to hit villagers with nets. I think that is wrong and bad. I mean, you should play video games however you want to play them, but also you're wrong and bad for doing that. Um, that said, there are some villagers on my island that I like more than others. Um, and there are some villagers out there in the ether somewhere who I have either had on my island before or have seen other people have, and I would like them to show up. Now, I'm not playing like this weird game where I'm trading villagers with people. However, I have not spent any nook miles in a really long time and i have about seventy thousand nook miles just sort of sitting around um and i keep thinking oh i'll use them to go on some island tours that sounds great but i don't really want to go on those until i can start picking up new villagers so i'm currently waiting for somebody i don't like to ask to move out because once they move out what i'm going to do is just buy a massive shit fuck ton of nook miles tickets and go around and i have i have an extremely large pool of villagers that i like like it's not looking for, i'm not looking for like raymond only or whatever <laughs> but i'm just going to start doing nook miles islands and uh, two goals one find one of the villagers that i really like and two find some more flowers I think Derek has a question. Yeah, question. Is does Raymond happen to be the uh the gay heterochromic cat? Yes. Okay, cool. I just had a feeling. I don't know Animal Crossing, but I just assumed. He seems cool. Um, I really would like Meringue, who's like this rhinoceros who is pink and has like whipped cream and a little strawberry horn. I think she's cute as shit. Um, I would love to get, I think his name is Hopper. He's a really angry penguin that I used to have on one of my islands. Um, I used to have Nan. She was my very first villager in Wild World. She's a goat, and I love her with all my heart. And headcanon, I have Chevre in my town right now, who's also a goat. And if you look into Chevre's house, she has a photo of Nan. And so they're they're obviously girlfriends. And so I need to get Nan on my island so the girlfriends can be together. I can't disagree um, with that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so this is just what I'm doing. I'm playing Animal Crossing like every day. Um, I'm also doing things that are not video games. I have a 1,000 piece puzzle sitting on my coffee table that I'm slowly working through. Um, I watched all, like, I, I, I didn't quite binge watch it, but I came pretty close to binge watching What We Do in the Shadows. Amazing. It's so good. It's now, like, my second favorite show after The Good Place. It is so good. It's so good. It's so funny. Taika Waititi is so good. Um, it's actually currently going on. I think I've not seen the most recent episode, because I think there was an episode that came out today. If you have not watched What We Do in the Shadows, it's on Hulu. It is so good. And it's also just, like... It's just like deliciously lighthearted. So if you don't want to deal with anything like very serious right now, it's just a bunch of vampires who are like trying to exist 
in the world. It's just a bunch of vampires doing shit and fucking up. Like, it's, it's very funny. Like every way. They're so funny. It's, yeah. It's very, very good. The acting is great. It's a wonderful... It's so good. God, just in every possible way. Um, so that's really good. Um, and then I'm also reading books. I just finished uh, Something That May Shock and Discredit You by Daniel Lavery, who, if you've ever read The Toast, um, before it went under, uh, Daniel Lavery was one of the founders of that, along with Nicole Clift. He, Nicole Clift. Um, he's one of my favorite writers in the world. He's really, really good. Um, it's an absolutely incredible, wonderful book, um, and I really loved it. And now I'm reading um, a novel about The Office, the TV show. So, yeah. Interesting. A novel about like the production of it, or Sorry, not a novel, uh, like a not like a nonfiction. Yeah. Like yeah, it's basically about <laughs> you know how The Office was made and kind of like how it all came together. I think, it, I, I suspect it's by somebody who I should know, like a writer <laughs> that I should know, um, but I am not very involved in like TV and entertainment mm-hmm. criticism beyond games, and so I don't actually know who this is, but I think it's somebody. Who, who is it? I might know who they well, are. Well, now I have to Google it. The book's all the way <laughs> Sorry. Up. Sorry, I thought you maybe well, had the book right there. Yeah, over on the other table. Hold on. Uh, so the book is called um, The Office, The Untold Story of the Greatest Sitcom of the 2000s in Oral History. It's by Andy Green. I actually okay, do not know who that is. Okay, I, I was gonna say I don't know. I'm sorry. I was gonna say the guy from Shawshank, but that's Andy Dufresne. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. I mean, I think I'll play it. Oh, and then I'm also. We're, oh, sorry, I'm taking forever. I'm coming very close to the. I believe to the end of Divinity: Original Sin with uh, my boyfriend. We're playing that. Um, we're doing co-op, like remote. Um, we just got to Arcs, if that means anything to you. We were going through this whole thing where we were on this island and they were like, hey, you're gonna become divines. And we're like, do we really need to become divines? Because one, that seems problematic. And two, we're kicking the shit out of everything. So like, why do we need any more power? And then we show up on Arcs and immediately get our asses handed to us by the first encounter we run into. And so we're like, how- okay, well, maybe we need to become divine after all, great. Um, so that's Divinity Original <laughs> Sin too. How, how does co-op work in that game? Because I played um, I played a bit of the second one just by myself, but it seemed like, almost like turn-based like how does it work in battles when you're playing co-op uh so i i don't know how many players you can i think you i, I think you can only have two i guess you could theoretically mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many max players you can have but with i two, think you can do four i think finn said he was mm-hmm. doing with a group of four yeah, i think four would make sense so there basically you when you're playing as an individual you, no matter what you have a party of four characters and right. if you're playing as an individual you recruit three others of this kind of pool of characters you can recruit from um when you play with other people each person takes control of one of those characters, and then if there's any others, they okay. are NPCs. So like he's playing what he's playing one of the characters. He's playing Fane, I think. I'm playing as Losi, um, and then he has uh, Ifon tied to him, and I have the Red Prince attached to me. And so we each control two, basically two characters at once. Oh, okay, okay. Um, cool. And we can both move. It's really good. Like, it's honestly some of the best co-op experience I've, like, ever had. Like, we both can move freely throughout the world. We can go wherever we want. We can do whatever we want. Our quests are mostly tied together. Some of them are individual, um, which it make, does make it kind of complicated. Like, whenever one of us finishes a quest and we get the rewards pop up, we have to sit there and read, okay, here are all the stats <laughs> on the things we have. Which reward do we want to pick? Um, but the other person can't see. So that's a little bit annoying. Um but for the most part, it's really it's really smooth. Like we just like the battles are turn based, and so just whoever's turn it is just goes, and the other person waits okay. and watches the action, and it's great. Honestly, I really really love it. Awesome, Justin. Uh, so I I've just been playing a lot of Call of Duty still. I I don't know why, but. Modern Warfare 2019 has clicked with me multiplayer-wise more than other things. Um, and since it has cross-play, I actually have a lot of people to play with, which is nice. Um, so I've been playing a lot of that. But I also um, 
after a serious ordeal to get it to work, started replaying the Nathan Drake collection. Um, yeah, you ran into uh, the a un- bug that's been around for years, right? Yeah. So basically, it because I had played it before, and I'm like, I didn't have any issues. It ran great. It looked great. Bluepoint did a great job. And then, then you got SDGC this week- and got a lot of new friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was actually before this. I I just was on some message boards where I just posted my PSN name in threads, intending to play with people more often. Kitty, kitty. Um, that's gonna make for great audio, listening. Audio just listeners me screaming no kitty in the Every middle of every single week. She sh- she or her sister. Sh- okay, never mind. Whatever. <laughs> Done yeah. with your shit. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, um, Justin. Please continue. So. I had nearly 400 friends on my friends list on PSN, most of whom I did not know or did not remember who they were. Um, so I had to spend... I I downloaded this thing like three times and tried to start it, and it would crash like within 20 seconds. For some reason, because it has the friend stat comparison thing, Uncharted is very much impacted by your friends list. Oh, it has like in-game leaderboards? Um, what? Yeah, it ha- yeah, and like you can't just turn it off. Like it, it's just a thing that it has that you can't turn off. So, I I went from like four, nearly four hundred people down to sixty six. So the so game didn't work because it, you had too many friends. Yes, basically. Wow, the it only just thing I ever ran into that with is Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> like it. <laughs> Dang. Straight up, I. Dude, I did, dude, I did, I rebuilt my database, I re-downloaded the game three times, I, like, I did everything, it was like days straight trying to get this to work, but I finally got it to work and I can play Uncharted now. The Um, worst part about online friends list is, like, I don't, I know I know the people, but I don't fucking know who's who because of the usernames. Yeah. Well, that too. I have this problem at Animal Crossing. Yeah, so I delete a bunch of people, I'm like, I'm sure I know you, but I don't know who you are, so you're gone. Yeah, I, I'm in. I'm in the same boat. So I hope I, I tried my best to leave people on that I remember who they are. But I know I probably got a few, and I hope people didn't take it personally if they noticed and just send me another friend request. So far, nobody has sent me another friend request. So I don't know if that's good news or bad news. But that's a Uncharted are some of my comfort. <clears throat> Uncharted games are some of my comfort games. Like in college, um, like when I would have just a few minutes between classes or something, I would lo- like load them up and play a chapter or mm-hmm. something. And you know, right now when there's not really anything big new coming out, I was like, you know what? Maybe it's time to do a series replay. So I'm about halfway through the first one right now. I'm um... the first one is so <laughs> rough. Like I love the I love the. Yeah, the yo, I, presentation and the story, but like the gameplay is it doesn't play so well. Rough. No, I the encounters. I, I knew it. Bad. I knew it was. I knew it was going to feel dated, but it's gone past feeling dated to just feeling old. Now, did you do the jet like, ski barrel section yet? That's exactly where I am. Actually, <laughs> I fucking hate uh, that part so much. The, the jet ski. The jet skis. I ha- I'm. I'm at the first one. Not the not the really awful one where you have to go up. That's the one I'm river that's about. flowing yeah. the other direction. Yeah, I'm not quite there yet, but I'm I'm almost there. But so yeah, I'm probably just gonna keep working my way through those, um, just for some nice comfort food, gaming. Um, yeah, I don't really replay games often, but I've replayed Uncharted four like at least six times, and it's just it's the perfect thing when I don't want to think too much and I just want like a nice ten hour action movie. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. I, Naughty Dog games are great for that. Yeah. So, Jeff, what have you been playing lately? Uh, I let all you guys go first because not much. <laughs> the economy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> been playing the game of life. Um, no, I, uh, so I didn't play much. Like, you know, obviously I've, I need to get back to Final Fantasy VII. The problem with the, uh, Final Fantasy VII is uh, when I played Spider-Man on PS4 a couple of years ago, um, I played at a really busy time in my life, and I was basically just turning it on, playing 25 minutes, putting it back into rest mode, and doing that repeatedly for, like, two months, and it made the game feel so disjointed. I couldn't just, like, get wrapped up in the world because I didn't have time to immerse myself, and I don't want to do that to Final Fantasy VII, so I'm kind of in this loop where I'm waiting to have three hours free to just sit down because I've got the... Um, uh, you all know the part after the train graveyard, the sector, the pillar section. I know it's coming. Chapter yeah. 12, and, yeah. yeah. Oh, and no, I know, as if Rebecca I, knows. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I know that's going to be, like, a heavy moment, and I want to just, like, prepare myself for that, and I want to, like, be able to take that all in. So I've been putting that off, but I did play um, a bit of the limited time mode in Siege. It's called Grand Larceny, and their events in the game have been really hit and miss. This one's pretty cool. It's all shotguns. And they're taking, uh, so they redid a map called Hereford Base, but they've taken the original version of it, and they've basically made it, if anyone has ever seen the original E3 presentation for Rainbow Six Siege, um, it was very different than the final game. People are going to cry downgrade, but it was, like, in the initial pitch, everything was destructible, practically. You could, like, you'd approach from a helicopter. All the walls and floors were basically, could be annihilated, and I think in the end they just realized that it's hard to balance the game that way, so... They ended up making specific types of materials destructible. But with this event, the whole building that it takes place in, basically all the walls and floors are destructible. They're all just like a straight wood material. Uh, so it's just crazy. There's like only a three-minute countdown for the round, and the attackers have to uh, capture three of these like loot saves. Basically, you're just trying to steal money, and defenders have to defend it. But the cool thing is, since it's all destructible, the saves are placed on different levels in the building. And you can just shotgun below them and knock the safes down to different levels. So, like, a good defense strategy <laughs> is just to run around the building and just shoot out all the floors so all the safes come down to the basement. Then you have one location to guard instead of four different floors to guard. But it's so fast-paced, you have no time to prep anything because the attackers are inside the building in, like, 15 seconds. So, uh, I don't know. It's, it's like, not real siege, but it's, uh, it's a really fun, quick round. Like... You can play a seven-round match in, like, 15 minutes, whereas normal Siege matches, like, if you go all seven rounds or even play ranked and go further, it can take, like, an hour to finish. So it's it's just a nice thing to hop into when you don't have a lot of time. Um, so I, I don't know. Yeah, props to the dev team because it's it's pretty cool. Um, but that's that's about it. Yes. Yeah. I've been really impressed but also kind of baffled by the amount of effort and work that goes into these modes for Siege because... <laughs> Like, they're limited time modes that only last a few weeks that had to have taken Some of them only last, like, and four days. To... Yeah. yeah, and they had to have taken months and months and months to put together, and they don't come mm -hmm. back. Like, I know. Um, well, I remember <laughs> the there was the big alien, um, big, like, alien zombie one, which uh, seems like it's going to be kind of... re. Yeah, which seems like it's kind of going to be retooled into uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine. Um... I doubt it keeps that name though. Uh, <laughs> at, the, at this point, but like, but like, still, like that was that was like a new game that was just available for a month and then vanished. Yeah, like some of the modes are just like they've restricted it to certain weapons. And like this one here, they took an existing map and just kind of tweaked it a bit. But you're right, like that outbreak mode was like brand new maps, entirely new gameplay mechanics, and 
they had a whole new arena map to promote one of their esports tournaments a while ago. Like, you're right, the amount of time and effort that goes into these just to play for a couple of weeks is, I don't know, I mean, like, great for them again, but uh, I don't know. I'd like to see them come back to the rotation a little bit because it sucks if you're just not able to play them uh, and then they're just gone. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. very curious to see when we're going to get a Siege 2. Very, very interested. I assume it's going to have to happen at some point, but. That, so, okay. As somebody who doesn't know anything really about Siege, I feel like they kind of learned their lesson on some of their other games last year where they tried to make sequels too quickly and everybody lost their shit, right? Like they weren't. Well, good. Siege has been going for a while. Mm-hmm. I think right. the re- I mean, Division I, I 2 think that got. Does make it make it more, like, better, better set up to be that kind of. What, what was it? What was it that they did sequels to that didn't need it? Was it like Division? It was Division uh, 2. And, and Breakpoint, Rain- I think. And, uh, Recon. Yeah, yeah Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Yeah, like, they did sequels for both of those last year, and they came out, like, and and they didn't do as well as they expected they would do, and they mm-hmm. came out and basically said, yeah, turns out it's actually <laughs> very difficult to do sequels to live service games because, one, you already have this huge player base on this one game. You have to make something that is so... It, it, it has to be simultaneously both everything that they loved about the old thing but mm-hmm. so much better and like has more stuff that they that people are willing to move from the old thing to the new thing, and that it turns out I, really fucking hard. I read a um, thing with C. Sorry, sorry go, go ahead, ahead, Jeff. Uh, no, I was just gonna say no, real you quick. Go ahead. I, I read a good article and saw some tweets. I wish I could remember. I'm sure there's been more than one person to point this out, but I wish I could give credit to this. Um, it basically just said like, uh, you know, the gamers they they. You don't want to be accused of reusing a map. Like, I remember when Far Cry uh, Primal came out, it was kind of like a yeah. reskin format, but it didn't feel like the same game at all. But, like, the sentiment is basically, why the hell are we starting over with every game instead of just building on the previous game? Like, why are we taking all that effort, four years of development time, and then just tossing that out the window and starting from scratch? Why aren't we iterating more? Why aren't we building on stuff? Like, why don't we just use that as a base and go and go and build on that? Like... There's cases obviously where the engine or like certain of some of the technology in the game is just it's at a point where they have to rebuild the whole thing. I get that. But most of these games like Breakpoint is not another generation removed from Wildlands. Like these games could both exist in the same title, just release a new map and sell it for a full $60, but wrap it all in one package and keep that continuity. Um, I don't know. That's and like I think I hope we see more of that moving into next gen. Justin, what were you going to say? So they've made a lot of statements saying that Siege is going to go for a long time. They said that they plan to support the game for at least 10 years. Um, So we're, what, four or five years in to -hmm. Siege? Um, They said they want to have, like, 100 operators, (laughs) stuff like that. But, like, I was somebody that played Siege, not right at the beginning, but a few months after they had some patches and the game was functional. That game, that game went from having a disastrous launch to being one of the mm-hmm. biggest like mm-hmm. <laughs> service titles. I started playing it relatively early in the lifetime, like after they got rid of some of the big bugs and stuff, and when it was, um, you know, still kind of growing. And I really liked the simplicity that it had early on with that few of operators. They had more simple gadgets and there was fewer maps. And with the way Siege works, um, it takes a long, long time to learn a single map compared to most multiplayer games. And so as the game got updated more and more, and then they started reworking maps, they started reworking operators. New operators come uh, with vastly different weapons and 
also like their gadgets got more and more sci-fi and complex and ridiculous. Uh, they had initially said they weren't going to do any ridiculous skins. Uh, they just added a pizza mascot skin. <laughs> like uh, Ash uh, has a beach day costume. Yeah. 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 Like, um, like it was like, it's like a mouse made out of pizza mascot. I'm not kidding. Um, and they must succeed. Yeah. yeah. So like, Every live service game is... My ideal sequel to Siege would actually have dramatically less content and kind of be like a back-to-basics kind of thing because, one, the community got really big and it got pretty toxic, and that's a big issue with Siege, and it's something I know the developers have been working um, towards trying to fix. But it also... The game just got too complex for me to be able to keep up. It got way too serious business, even when playing in casual matches. Um... And the th- it sucks because I really, really loved that game and I want to play it more. But it was just it's just gotten to the point where it's overwhelming for me to follow, which that's a, is unfortunate. That's a, that's a good point, though. Like, how do we how do we expand these games and cram tons of ton of stuff into them over a period of years and then still make sure that someone who just buys it can jump in and just learn the game and have that accessibility? And I think that's where onboarding needs to be a better thing. I had this problem with Destiny where I tried to get back into Destiny 2. I'm like. I played this in three years. Like, where the fuck are the missions? How do I do the campaign? How do I do the new stuff? What are all these activities? What are all these currencies? Like, it's these games add the stuff, but they don't make the effort to explain what it is to you. They just expect you to have been there from day one. Um, and I think they need to do a better job of making it accessible for new players. Yeah, and I yeah, I have no idea how somebody just picked. Sorry, go ahead. I think there's an opportunity. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna kind of segue a little bit into the next gen conversation. Okay, so go, go ahead. ahead. Do it. Well, I was going to say, I think there's like an opportunity there, like in, in both regards, right? Because because like you were saying a little bit earlier, Jeff, like there's not, as we're going to discuss, there doesn't appear to be a massive overwhelming difference between games on like, say, the Xbox One and the Xbox Series X, just in terms of like what we can do with them. So it seems like very likely that they could take, you know, something like Rainbow Six Siege and just, mm-hmm. you know, make a maybe slightly shinier version for the Xbox Series X, but have it still be connected to the original version. But that would also be a really good opportunity for them to try to find a way to onboard new players with some kind of update that says, hey, we know we have this new console coming out, we're making a nice shiny new version of the game. You know, mm-hmm. if you're just coming in for the first time, here's, you know, an update to the game or a change to the game or something that would help, you know, you come mm-hmm. in for the first time if you don't really know what's going on. And I think that's something that's applicable to a lot of live service games coming to the next gen. Well, let's talk about next gen then. Uh, That'd so be today, really cool, actually. Yeah, uh, so today, um, Microsoft had their Xbox Series X. Uh, I don't know what they call it. Basically, like a first look, um, which uh, was kind of funny because from what I could tell from most of these uh, videos, uh, they aren't actually running on the Xbox Series X. They're running on equivalent specs, which basically means they're just the PC versions. Ah, uh, no uh, kidding. That's of, funny. Of, I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, of all, yeah, every, yeah, most of them said, single, yeah, targeting. They said anticipated Series X visuals, this is what targeting Series like. X. Yeah. Um, you mean they uh, actually showed start. even any gameplay at all? Because... Uh, a little bit. So maybe there, there start by stuff. saying, this whole thing... Like, okay, there were there were many good things about the presentation today. There were a lot of good things, but they were all packaged in really not great marketing, right? So, like, this was touted as this, this was going to be the first gameplay ever on the Xbox Series X. And that's why we all fucking showed up, right? 
Um, so one, there's like there's like a problem with that one because we're watching this on our phones, our PCs, or whatever. Um, and, and that happens, you know, when you when you like have an E3 presentation anyway. Like, say, look at these amazing graphics while everyone's watching E3 on their computers. But you usually have like journalists there in person to say oh, yeah, we saw this. It looks fucking amazing when you're actually, like, there and seeing it on the screen. And so you at least have, like, some, you know, kind of, like, like source saying, no, it actually looks really good. You're just watching it on a shitty monitor. So that's, like, one thing. So every, everything, like, it it honestly didn't look to me. I mean, maybe you guys saw something different, but visually to me, just watching it on my computer, except maybe for a little bit of uh, the first thing, the, oh, God, what's it called? The infinite... Uh, memory, what the shit is that? Blade, it was Blade Memory Infinite, I think. Some, no, it was something Words. like that. Someone in the chat knows. Really me. left an impression. Hold on, huh? let me get it. It, no, it was one of my favorite things yeah, they showed. It just has a ridiculous name. Like it was something <laughs> like, like that. I saw that and I was like, okay, Xbox Series X. Okay, I'm into it. What's next? And then they just kind of like fell off the, anyway. So that was a problem, right? Bright Memory Infinite. Thank you, Direwolf. Um, so Bright like that, Memory that, Infinite. That's it. So like that was a problem. The second problem is they made such a huge fucking deal about how this is gonna be gameplay. And when I hear what I think when I hear gameplay, when I hear gameplay, I think okay, maybe the trailer opens with like a little bit of cinematic in-engine footage or whatever, but then it goes to the character like a thing. Okay, Assassin's Creed for example. I was expecting to see a character running around the world with like a UI up. And, like, there was, like, some actual, like, combat, like, how it actually works. Maybe some running on buildings. Like, I don't know what the fuck you do in Assassin's Creed anymore. Like, that stuff. That's what I was expecting to see. And I didn't see that from very many games. I saw it from Bright Memory Infinite. Uh, I think there might I think have... Vampire Bloodlines had a decent amount of gameplay in it. Yeah. There Vampire was... had some clips. There was a lot of games that had, like, brief clips of gameplay mm -hmm. interspersed with the trailers. Yeah. Um... What I but would like, say we saw today was an awful lot of in-engine footage, which is not the same as gameplay by my mm -hmm. definition, but apparently it is by Xbox's definition. And I think that just so, really cramped a lot of people's styles, right? Because that was not what yeah. they wanted. And Sorry, I, I'll finish my point, then I'll, I will just like stop yeah. talking. The other problem, too, is like we saw this thing from like third-party partners. And so we did temper our expectations a little bit, right? Like, okay, we're not getting Halo Infinite fine, whatever, we're not getting any big Xbox Studios games, we're getting that in July, fine, like, we're good with that. But when I hear third-party partners, like, most of those were indies, which is great, which I, like, well, not most of them, but a lot of them were indies, or a lot of them were, like, kind of, like, like games in a certain subsection that people care like about. Like, double-A, smaller games, yes, yeah. Yes, exactly. And so, like, those are great, and I'm very glad they were there. But I was expecting, before I went into this, I was like, okay, where is Activision? Where's, I don't know, WB, <laughs> like where where are like the big publishers like we all kind of expected cyberpunk to be at this i didn't think that was a like a very difficult ask i just sort of assumed they would be here um there were a lot of like big triple a or like big triple a publishers that i thought were going to be here even even if it wasn't a new game even if it was just hey here's our game from last gen that we have upgraded to xbox series x and it's gonna fucking be there i was totally expecting that and like really like that there wasn't anything like that and that was really weird because it felt like oh yeah look at all this third party support we have nobody's here for it it was very mm -hmm. weird and so i don't know it was i think it was sort of a flat event and i'm disappointed about it even though i think i think like i think the event itself was good but i think that if they had packaged it in a way it's like hey we're gonna show some of our like like you know 
like new development partners or like our smaller develop or like like a handful of our development partners um with some like in-engine footage or whatever just like a little glimpse of what you might expect or a couple of games that are coming i think if they had couched it like that like everybody would have been a little more okay with it but the fact that we thought third party gameplay get hype everybody yeah i don't know okay anyway sorry that's my very long point karen uh i want to get derek's take on this derek i know you didn't get a chance to um actually watch the event but just framing it in the context of this is the first time we're really seeing games shown for the series x this is supposed to be the first look this is they're basically the kickoff of their whole marketing campaign leading up to the launch of the console just what do you think of the decision they made with the types of games and the content that they showed like um, it seems a little strange it seems it's so i i think to kind of back up what Reb was saying and also expand on it, I think the problem is, is of course, that they had they focused on gameplay rather than saying these are some of our, you know, like new like third party gameplay partners and so on and so forth. I think Microsoft should have been aware and Sony needs to be aware because um, Sony still has time to pull the same dumb move. Trust me um, that when you talk about showing gameplay for the first time, people have an expectation. They want to see what games are going to look like. They want to see that difference. They want to know why, even if it's a game like me, I'm probably not going to get Assassin's Creed Valhalla just because I haven't really beaten an Assassin's Creed game since two. Uh, and it, it's not a good investment for me. I don't like big open world games like that kind of format. But if you show me an, a good gameplay trailer, of um assassin's creed it's of assassin's creed and um I, i'm hung up over if i got the subtitle right it's valhalla right Valhalla. Yeah. yes right. thank you um you show me a gameplay trailer for that though i can watch that as somebody who's maybe planning on getting you know an xbox series x or playstation 5 or both and that gives me an idea of what games i am looking forward to will look like mm -hmm. on the next system yeah. so People wanted to know why they're going to spend four, five, maybe six hundred dollars later this year. Mm -hmm. um, they walked away with with none of that. Um, it is good to know that all of these double A games are coming. There's, you know, we heard some cool stuff about like EA allowing, um, you know, EA's upgrade plans for their titles to the well that has an asterisk with it that we're well, going to talk right, about in a little right. bit but like <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of these things are good but i have learned nothing today that i did not know yesterday i'm no yeah. closer to making up my mind about which of these two systems i want to get first if i'm going to get either at launch you know what i can even expect to be any different from my playstation 4 you know? And that's the um, I think that's the struggle a lot of these new consoles have every time this happens is because the first couple of years, like there's going to be a reckoning where people realize that what they're seeing isn't next gen games. You're seeing current games on next gen hardware and there's a difference. These are all mostly still going to release on the base PS4 and the base Xbox One. So they're going to look better, but there's not going to be a night and day difference. And that's why we really need to see the first party output from Microsoft and Sony to get an idea. Yeah. And that's why I think it's strange that they led with third party, because I think the first impression you want to give people for your new console is here's what this console is capable of. And that's what you're going to see from first party. Uh, Justin, what what about you, man? What's, what's your take on the yeah, whole thing? Yeah, I, I agree with you a lot, Jeff. Um, so I want to say that I enjoyed this 
event as a showcase of games yes. more than I think a lot of people did. There was some really cool shit uh, in this. There was, uh, I'm already forgetting the name again, uh, Bright Memory. Uh, Bright Memory to kick it off, which is a game I had heard about last week. It's made by one person. One person. Um, one person. Honestly, um, it looks cool. game in the whole showcase. Like, one person yeah, made that. Yeah, and like, it was, it had actual gameplay. It was cool. Um, uh, Scorn, which looks awesome. Super uh, sexual. Super like, sexual. Like, irresponsibly horny? <laughs> is there, well, yes, you, there you is. You guys aren't as big of Alien fans as I no, am because fine. you guys aren't that Alien. familiar with H.R. Geiger. <laughs> I love Alien and I'm irresponsibly um, horny. So, but I haven't yeah. seen yeah. the trailer so, for Scorn. Um, so, uh, the medium from Bloober look looks really cool. Yes. Uh, with music from Akira Yamoka from Silent Hill. Awesome. Uh, there was that chorus There was other cool game? stuff. Vampire. Chorus, yeah. Uh, vampire looks sweet. Uh, Call of the Sea. Call of the sea um, there were some really cool games that were showcased in this event. But it was a bad showcase for the Xbox Series X. Yes. Um, Good for Xbox as a it, brand. <laughs> Yes, not good for Xbox, console. not for the Series X. And, um, like, I think having somebody at the beginning straight up say, there was big dad energy from the execs on this stream, by the way. Uh, he was like, oh, we read the interwebs. There's going to be lots of gameplay. And then there wasn't. Uh, <laughs> um, and, like, the two AAA games that were there were Madden and Assassin's Creed. Madden was just a dude talking with clips from the old Maddens and then quite literally six seconds of this is what the game's going to look like on Series X that looks exactly like what Madden looks like right now. That was it. Mm -hmm. And then Assassin's Creed. The Assassin's Creed thing, I think, is the bigger misstep um, because they've been saying for a week this is going to be the gameplay debut of Assassin's Creed. Um, and that was what disappointed me the most. I, there was a lot of cool, smaller games. Oh, uh, Second Extinction, a fucking dinosaur left for dead. Hell yeah. That sounds awesome. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about you guys, if you guys know how much I want to play FPSs where you blow up T-Rexes. <laughs> But I want I know to how a much lot. Enjoy dinosaurs and large monsters. Who so, doesn't love yeah. dinosaurs? Yes. Yeah, so it's it's it. I'm gonna. I, I want that game. Um, this scorn thing so, really is a game, isn't it, folks? Wow. Are you watching? Scor it right I now? just saw the trailer for the first time. I was wondering what was horny as hell. It's. Not I was great, watching. Folks. I was watching Derek's face, and I was super curious what was those, happening, but those, I didn't want to interrupt you. It's just so alarming. Y'all remember those species movies? It's like, okay, that guys, it's literally based off of the work of the artist that designed the alien and the face yeah, hugger. I'm well, really like that, Giger, I, I just that's the kind of thing wow. where if I go looking for that, I I know what I'm getting. Like if I Google that artist, like that's that's what I'm getting. That's fine. It was just very yeah. interesting to see in the middle of a showcase of the Xbox Series. I guess. X. Also, what part of that was gameplay? Does anybody know? None of okay, it. they None actually of released it. a statement about it that they had a longer gameplay trailer in the works, but um, the opportunity to be on this show came up. The one where they were showing they had gameplay to... for the first time? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, well, S S Scorn's opportunity to be in this show I mean, came up. And I Xbox know, is like, we, can, we can give you two. Yeah. They're like, we can give you two minutes. They were preparing a longer gameplay trailer to release 
down the line this summer and they had to throw something together and they said that's why it fine um, that's that's just hard to do i i respect mm-hmm. that i, yeah. I am not and especially especially during to put things together yeah. for this i think that xbox marketed this in a weird fucking way yeah yeah like this this again i think was a good showcase of games mm-hmm. yes. but it didn't have the this is next gen punch that xbox series x i think really needs to have and especially as somebody that's been following next gen news closely for over a year we got the playstation 5 initial goals and specs announced in april of last year and since then both microsoft and sony keep putting their toe a little bit farther out to try to see what the other one's gonna do and it's been over a year and it's getting frustrating it's all fucking annoying in this particular case because here's the thing i think so one of you made the point earlier i'm sorry i forgot who did it um but you made the point that like i think it was derek you said that the first thing that we should have seen should have been first party shit right i think it was that's what it but yes someone said that that's what it should have been um and i think this was such a missed opportunity because this kind of again like doesn't this is good this was a good little showcase but this kind of thing could so much easily have been folded into literally any other kind of thing. It could have mm-hmm. been folded into a showcase of more third-party things. They could have put it into IGN or GameSpot's thing and said, here's Xbox Series X stuff. It could have been folded into the first-party showcase they're planning on doing in July, interspersed throughout a whole bunch of first-party stuff. Um, we're saying, here's some third-party developers that are coming too. And we would have been like, oh, look at all these things. This is so cool. And that also would have maybe, I mean... In this case, I think they got a lot of visibility anyway, but it might have been better for the studios because I think this was kind of like a case of disappointment. But I think if they had been folded in with something like Halo Infinite and a bunch of other stuff, they would have gotten that visibility from, oh, we're going to fucking see Halo Infinite. I am here for this. And people would have been a little less disappointed. So, like, it's just, it's weird that they led with this and it's weird that they didn't, like, put it in with, because these are the kinds of games that you do see in an E3 showcase. Absolutely. But they are in there with games from other major, like, publishers whose names you know who you're coming and expecting to see. And they get the extra visibility boost from that. And so it's just, it's just really weird. I don't know why they led with this. It's so strange. I feel like they're trying to like just get a little bit ahead of Sony, but have like run out of things they can do to get ahead of Sony for the moment. And so they were just like, okay, here's a little thing. We're fine. And then they're going to leave it till July. Anyway, sorry, Justin, go. So just one last note is like, also just as somebody that's followed the tech and stuff a lot, like the things that are going to make a really big difference in next-gen game designs and how it feels to play and use these consoles are the solid-state drives and the CPUs. We're going to see way higher frame rates, way more physics objects, way more NPCs. Load times are going to be essentially nothing. Um, I think when people get their hands on these systems, I think that's where the difference is going to be apparent. And right now, you know, people aren't going to get hands on. But like we're, we also didn't have that moment where we saw, hey, look, there's this like say there's like, you know, in Assassin's Creed, there's a huge battlefield with lots of destruction and NPCs and stuff everywhere running really smoothly um, at high resolutions or something like that. Like it just needed that one little kick. And like also most of these studios aren't even talking about what the you know, target goals are for how they're utilizing Series X versus other other consoles, which is something I want to hear. Dirt 5 did confirm there, you know, the b- default mode is going to be 4K60, but there is going to be 120 FPS mode, which is really cool. But I wanted to hear more of those details from more developers with talking about their Series was, X version. Did they even have that 120 FPS? Was that in the trailer or the showcase? 
It wasn't in the trailer. It was in. Okay, they did like a few interviews after the showcase. Okay. That was just weird like, too. Well, the way it was after the showcase. Also, just throwing that out. There. It was after the showcase was officially done. They did like an interview, and that's when they talked about that. Yeah, I think we needed to see, uh, like everyone else said, why am I buying this console? We needed to see uh, maybe some comparisons, um, like you know, more like here's the here's this game on Xbox One. Here it is on Series X. Now, maybe the graphical fidelity doesn't come through, but maybe the frame rate does. Maybe the load times do. Um, people just need to see the actual difference. I think just showing them kind of isolated like this without a point of reference, it's really hard to say, like, you know, wow, like, this is a game changer. Like, I really need this console. It's just uh, like everyone else also, said. At this point, we're a few years in from seeing 4K footage pretty regularly um from the xbox one x so like um and and the thing is like i know especially for people that are familiar with the mid-gen refreshes like buying a new console is going to be a harder sell until they show us like stuff that's only possible with this new hardware which there is a lot but it's not going to be the same kind of graphical punch as we've had before let me know that a big triple a video game no longer requires me to slide through a narrow gap in a wall uh, which I've had to do entirely too often in Final Fantasy VII, which is a Final Fantasy game where I shouldn't be <laughs> Jedi Fallen Order gaps and walls. Um, <laughs> Jedi Fallen Order. Show has me a the, next-gen I think Dynasty the record Warriors for game where the dudes actually fight back. <laughs> like you know, I mean, <laughs> are we? Sh- if you show me that, I'm in day one. I believe. <laughs> like, are we sure there's not some developers out there that just really love doing that? Rep? At some point, it's What's a creative up? choice. Can I just throw out there, unrelated to any of the other marketing around this, last week, if you were listening to this show, you heard me go to bat for Ubisoft at the very end of my complaints about Ubisoft because I said I was very annoyed with how we got the reveal of grouchy, bearded Viking man in the trailer, but Mm -hmm. we did not get to see cool-ass Viking lady, Um, but the only way we got revealed that she existed is through some like interviews where people actually ask the question and through a figurine. I was very irritated with that, but I said at the end of it, we said, okay, do we think we're going to see gameplay of this game next week? Do we think we will see cool lady Viking? And I said, yes, absolutely. That seems like perfect. That seems like a perfect balance, right? Like they, they do him in the initial reveal. They put her in the, what I presume was going to be an actual gameplay reveal. Um, and everybody's like happy. Right. And I, w- I was fully prepared to forget the slight of, them revealing cool Viking lady through a figurine. Guess what? We didn't fucking see today, folks. We did not see the cool Viking lady. I am deeply a tough, handsome lady Viking. I just want to see her. I just want to see her. Wasn't Cassandra by far the more popular choice in? Um, so I think that actually, not based off of UB yeah. metrics. I don't know. I mean, we don't. We don't. They know. said it was like eighty twenty. Alexios in in Odyssey, which talking to anybody that I know that played Odyssey sucks. Yeah, like no, I've never seen somebody share a screenshot of them playing as Alexios. I think that's either like made up or is like you know representative of kind of the demographic of people who bought like the people who are not deeply online maybe Mm. and who are like buying Assassin's Creed games and they're just like the guy like they're like guys like it's fine. It's not a big deal. But, I mean, Cassandra was, like, deeply popular. Like, people, like, I just... I, it's it a lot of positive press around her, at least, right? Yeah, and I'm just, like, really, really disappointed because she's she just looks so cool. I just want to see her. I just want to see her. And, and I'm just, just really 
really disappointed. Like, show me the Lady Viking. What is wrong with you? And it makes me, like, I know, and we're not talking about it in the chat today. I know that this group has had, like, kind of a discussion because there was, like, a whole kerfuffle today about The Last of Us Part Two marketing um, and what that looks like and who's doing it and why it's maybe not great um, in some ways. But I, I know that marketing is not always – the idea is it's reflective of what a game is, and a game is good, and so the market – and so, like – if a game is good and the marketing is good, then it's like reflective of one of the other. So I'm not, I've had like some bourbon. I don't know what I'm saying, but it makes me like just like a couple degrees more cynical about what Ubisoft is kind of gonna do in the lead up to this game or even in the actual release of this game with their cool lady Viking, right? And it's it's just I, I don't want to get into discussion because we did it last week, but I I am very frustrated at the male default in a lot of AAA games. I think we're starting to move away from it. I think we saw some games in this showcase that moved away from it in really cool ways, which made me happy. But Assassin's Creed, get your shit together and give me my cool lady Viking. That's all. Um, before we move on, um, just on that topic, I'm going to circle back to Siege for a sec because we talked about that earlier. Uh, but uh, from what I've read, one of the big reasons for Siege's success is the diversity in their operators. They basically have a 50-50 split between male and female operators, mm -hmm. but they also created backstories for every single one and represent a ton of different nationalities and ethnicities across the globe. They got Brazilian operators, they got Canadian operators, they've got Asian operators, and like people love playing um, and identifying with these characters because they can just relate to them a little bit more. So I don't know, like just purely from a business perspective, just show the female Viking that everyone wants to see and I guarantee there will be more women playing your game. Like that is completely it's, true. It's, you're going to make more money. <laughs> like, that is absolutely true because, yeah. like, representation fucking matters. Like, if I see mm, this, I mean, this is anecdotal, but I'm pretty sure that we have like like actual evidence as well that if you see a character that represents you, you're more likely to be drawn to a game. And mm -hmm. I know that there's, uh, I know that they're not in this discussion. But I know that there's a cohort of people out there who say, well, I've never felt like I needed to see a white man in a game to be drawn to it. That's because every fucking game has a white man in it, bitch. Like, have, that's why. I have a spiteful <laughs> experiment that I want a video game company to uh, to run. <laughs> I want the next Assassin's Creed game to have a choice between two characters. You can be a black man or a white woman. And let's see. That's what I want. And let's see Ooh. what the let's see what the white male nerds. <laughs> Actually, know, have, like, fuck the white women. Give us, give us women of color. Well, like, yes, but I mean, I mean, making making white boy nerds choose between their maleness and their whiteness. Okay. And like, okay. do you see what, what I mean? I what because mean. we had Assassin's Creed. If you, if you let people pick between a black man and a black woman, white male nerds are going to pick the black man because they're, they're, they're picking the thing that's closest to them. So, so just, just give them the cruel choice. If you can be a black man or a white woman and make them choose between the racism and their go, sexism. Though. I don't. Because I, they're like playing world of Warcraft. There are a lot of, Specifically, white dudes, but just dudes in general who specifically play. Oh women fuck yeah! Because, because they, they just want to stare at the butts. And they want yeah. To look at oh. yeah. Fuck. Which is like fine. I don't have like yeah. an issue with that. Reb solved the experiment, and I hate it. <laughs> I don't know. It's a terrible experiment. Like, with are you? The, in, the internet's horniness will overcome. Yeah. Oh, fuck no! I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Well, I think that pretty much covers the showcase. Um, <laughs> well, the, one, the, the one piece we didn't talk about, which we will now, is uh, one big theme throughout a lot of these trailers uh, was the advertisement of Xbox's smart delivery system. This is basically what they're calling their free upgrade patch. So basically, games that support smart delivery, 
you buy the game once on whatever disc or whatever digital copy, you install it on whatever Xbox you have, and smart delivery smart delivery will automatically install and optimize the game. So if you have a more powerful console, you'll get the better textures, the better this and that. Um, because a lot of people have been curious about this, there's been very little communication from especially third parties on if I buy a game on PS4, do I have to buy it again on PS5? And Derek's got something to say. No, a question, uh, because the messaging has not been clear to me. What the fuck is smart delivery? Smart Other than... It's cross-buy. Okay, smart so it's so like... Is, is it an EA thing? Is it a Microsoft thing? Is it's, it a, a, it's a Microsoft okay. If I purchase a okay. game, like say Madden, Madden 21, what, NFL 21, whatever. <laughs> well, this one is the one with the big asterisk after it. Okay, sorry, that was actually a very bad example. I've had some bourbon. Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Assassin's Creed. If I purchase Assassin's Creed Valhalla and I have, say an Xbox One, and I purchase it for the Xbox One, and then, you know, like, in, I purchase it for the Xbox One at launch, and then, like, a couple months later, I decide, you know what, I really want that Xbox Series X, and so I buy my Xbox Series X, I automatically have, I put, I put in my Xbox account, I automatically have Assassin's Creed Valhalla on my Xbox Series X, and it's the nice-looking version for the Series X. Okay. It's basically the way that the it's basically the way the mid gen consoles work right now, like PS4 Pro and Xbox One X. So yeah. you just you buy one skew of the game, and then if you have the better console, you you get the upgrades of the higher resolution and stuff okay. like that. The, the term smart delivery does not convey that. It does slightest. not. It's, I thought no, it was it like not. It's a very silly term. I I thought it was like Sony's Playgo system, which is where they download a certain portion of the game. So you could start playing it right. while the rest of the game downloads. That's what smart delivery sounded like to me. Uh, so it's very confusing. But anyways, um, so a lot of companies haven't really confirmed um, if they're going to support this or not. And I, I said earlier, like I think I'm, f I'm fine if a company is just like fuck it, you have to buy our game again. But I think people need to know before they go and buy these games what they what to expect. Like if. I, if Cyberpunk 27, 2077 comes out this fall, and they still haven't said, uh, actually, I think I think CDPR they have confirmed it. it. They were like the so first example, ones to confirm it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, if I buy a game in August, I think at that point that company should have come out and clarified whether I'm going to have to buy it again on Series X or PS5 because I deserve to know that before I make that decision or whether to hold off. Um, and EA came out and said today, and I don't know, Reb, if you remember the details, I think it was Mad, and they gave. Basically, they said you have to buy it and your Series X in a window yeah, in, like in order to be eligible. March? You have to. I think you have to do it before. Yeah, like it's. Was it January or March? I forget. Um, I, think I think it was March. I yeah, I think it was March. I was yeah. Remembering so, it was March or February. Yeah. And OK, March 31st. I just looked it up. Yeah. So the thing about this that annoys me because I thought. First, I was like, okay. oh, yeah, you have to buy it before the 31st of December. You have to claim it on right. Series X by the end of March. Yeah. Thank you, Delaby. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's correct. This seems harder to do than just supporting it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this, this seems like they actually have to do more work to create a separate download for Series X instead of, like... And how I does the upgrade program like, work if you buy it on a disc? Like... Yeah, like they're it's not it's not clear. Um mm -hmm. but Is like it it's a super weird like I mean several several companies have committed to doing upgrades. 
Uh, Ubisoft has, set, has committed to doing it for Assassin's Creed, and they talked in a financial call about how they think it's a good idea. EA said they thought it's a good idea, but not across all of their titles. So I think we're seeing Madden being it. But like, it seems weird also with Madden, because Madden also doesn't it really just sell for yes. a few months. That's exactly like, why they're like, going to do it, because people are going to buy it. They don't have to put forth any well, but No, but like, I, I know, but like... And people just buy it. I don't know. But like, it seems like that's the period... Like, the period where you get the upgrade is like when it is going to sell anyway. So why don't you just give them the upgrade? Like, long term. Like, I just don't know. Um, someone in our Discord, I think it was Brad, pointed out a, a good point that... With EA's vault, um, that kind of plays into this a little bit. Like some of their f- games might be in the vault within six months, at which point mm. you're you're theoretically going to get any version of the game for like five dollars a month. So mm. I, I think there's like I'm not saying it's like right or wrong, but like I don't really know. I'm assuming basically that's... competing services. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Derek. You got an opinion on this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bad. Why? <laughs> it's why, why not just do the simple thing? Why not do the easier thing? Because again, it's not going to impact their sales. As pointed out, they sell all their copies in in the first two months anyway. Um, yep. You know they're adding more work for themselves. It, it's complicating things. It's going to cause buyer confusion um, amongst not extremely online people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I yes, that is that is actually true. Which is apparently seventy percent of the gaming population. Think it would matter, but you're right. It's, so, people are gonna be fucking confused. So it's, there's a lot of stuff that sports games developers and publishers get away with that because a lot of games press doesn't focus on sports games. Um, true. you know, can, they can get away with I like. I wouldn't be surprised if EA, you know, doesn't try this with something that's more core focused. Yeah. Like, set, oh, for purely for example, but say, hey, ground. there's an upgrade for Jedi Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. So that's something. A Star Wars game that plays a lot like Dark Souls <laughs> um, <laughs> is something that a lot of core gamers are going to buy. And that's something they know they will get wrath for if they screw up. Look at yeah. Battlefront 2. Um, <laughs> like... I would also say to add to but that confusion, with a, something that yeah. frustrates the shit out of me as a business journalist is the fact that, okay, if you want to, and I, I realize this may sound like really fucking obvious to everybody, but if you want to understand the microtransactions and payment models and just monetization models of a video game, you really have to actually own and engage with that video game. Mm-hmm. Like, there's mm-hmm. not a way that I, I am a person who does not own a Madden NFL game. Or like so. Actually, a better example is GTA Five. I do not own GTA Five. I do not play GTA Five. I cannot simply Google GTA Five monetization or GTA Five like microtransactions and gain an immediate understanding of how a person puts real money into that game and receives something for that real money. I it is very difficult for me to do that. I have to rely on especially because it changes. People. Yeah, it changes all the mm-hmm. time. I have to rely on articles other people have written. Um, it's it's obfuscated in various ways, like in the sense that you have to buy currency and then that currency you pay for other things. And that is true across the fucking board. That is true for mobile games. That is true for like GTA kinds of games. That is true for Madden games. That is true for fucking everything. It is so hard to get an understanding if you are not already, to use the phrase they love to use, deeply engaged with that game. 
and it is just exasperating and i i do think it's by design and i think that is something that ea and a lot of other companies capitalize on um when it comes Mm -hmm. to just various things where if you are not already a person who is deeply engaged with the game then you don't have a good way to report on or understand what's going on and that's something that they hide behind a lot i think this is where we put the jim sterling hat and go that's the fucking point (laughs) fucking point it is it is very and also intentional also the like because because some things that sound like they're really like that could sound really bad on paper for one game with the way that progression or gameplay works in another game might be totally fine so like nothing is equivalent across any of these um but also like this little asterisk ea has put on it like i assumed for years that this was that this was going to work like the mid-gen consoles i just assumed buy a game you will get the upgraded version it's the easiest way to easiest way to handle it it buys you goodwill um it allows a lot of games to stay on digital stores and have a longer tail because they might get some new life when they have an upgraded version um so stuff like that but now i'm just trying to wonder about the other ways that some of the publishers are going to weasel out of it like we know ea has already you know, put a time limit on it. Uh, Ubisoft seems to be like they're going to go for it. A lot of smaller publishers seem okay with it. We know CD yeah. Project Red is supporting it. Because it benefits um, in that regard, right? Like, yeah. Been, like, yeah. I, I think for... However, like, I'm really curious to see what Activision and Rockstar do. Yeah. Because Rock- those two are the two publishers I trust the least <laughs> with things like this. Yeah. yeah I, I think for... Um, smaller indie studios they're already relying so much on word of mouth and good community feedback and stuff like that to sell their games um i think they're absolutely going to support this like you said the big companies are such a huge question mark so i guess before we move on to the final topic um what is everyone like what's going to be the norm you know a year or two from now i guess it won't matter a year or two from now next year like in the spring what's going to be the norm when you buy a game for ps4 I think we see in the next like what 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 whatever Jeff Keeley said the next like summer of gaming months. Mm-hmm. I think we see the, the lead up to the Xbox Series X. I think we see several publishers. I and I do think we see Activision um, and and like Rockstar and Take Two get on board with this to a degree. I think they pick like a couple specific games and say, "Oh, this is going to be a smart delivery on the Xbox Series X." Um, but they do that specifically like in a marketing way, right? Like, hey, buy more fucking copies of our game. Like, yeah. it's very much a marketing thing. And I think by the time we hit spring, I don't think anybody's fucking doing this anymore. Like, I, I don't so know. So you think you think this time next year, you you just buy a game for PS5 or Xbox Series X? Yeah, I'm, I mean, maybe not by spring. I bet. I'm, I don't know. It kind of depends on when we start hitting the wave of games that are specifically for those consoles, right? Because mm-hmm. I think Derek said this. Somebody. I've had a lot of bourbon, sorry. <laughs> somebody said this a million years ago on this podcast. My state thanks today. you. Um, somebody said something about... Ah, God damn it. Um, okay. First-party developers are very, very close to the console, right? Like, they already have yeah. the specs. They understand specifically how to develop in ways for that console that optimize that console. Third-party developers don't really have that. They're trying to maximize their gains. They're trying to develop for multiple consoles at once, for multiple generations at once. And so we're not going to see third-party developers really start to optimize for the next generation for at least a year, like probably two years, honestly, like a couple years. 
Um, so we might see it a little more with third parties for a little while. If they, if they honestly think that they can get a, that it's worth it for them to try to capitalize on the audience from both consoles rather than trying to say, Hey, we have this thing that's on this new console by this console. Um, like they, they would have to have some kind of agreement with the console owner that would make it worth it for them to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we see that much, I think we see more of that with third parties, but I think like first party stuff, I think we very quickly switch into the realm of, no, we're just, we're just <laughs> on this new console now by our console. And I'm well, very yeah. interested Xbox to has see said, what the PS5 answer to this is. Yeah. Well, Xbox has said they are going, their first party stuff will be cross-gen projects basically up until like next fall. So yeah, they're in it um, for the long haul. They basically said we're keeping yeah. the Xbox around. The Xbox One's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, there are some third par- par- there are third party titles that you know will probably we're co- a couple because a couple of the ones that were mentioned um, today, like the Medium, is a Series X um, only game. Like it's not coming to Xbox One. However, their first Wait, party what? stuff will be crop. What? Yeah, there's a lot of weird information coming out about exclusivity what? and Where what things are on. From? Until that, that have come out I after this. You, but where was that said? It was in an interview with Eurogamer with the guy that's like in charge of designing the Series X. Eurogamer oh got my a bunch fucking of fucking God. interviews, and I just want to say they do fucking good work, and fuck them <laughs> for getting all the good interviews. Yeah, so uh. like, there's a couple things that like it seems like they're console exclusives or timed exclusives but these that none of that was mentioned in, that's another that's another thing that's an issue with this like apparently some of this stuff has some level of exclusivity to xbox that we don't know yeah. or understand part of it could also be just due to sony not allowing developers to announce things yes. but like because like dirt 5 had a ps5 logo like if you look at their own thing but assassins and i think assassins creed did but like yakuza Seven doesn't have a PS5 logo, but of course, Yakuza is gonna support PS5. Like, um, it, like there's all this weird information that's not clear, and I don't know how much of it is from Sony, how much of it is from Microsoft, or what. <laughs> um, but Microsoft is going to be supporting um, Xbox One at least probably for a year after the Series X launches. Like, Halo Infinite is going to be on Xbox One. Like, their big stuff. I think Sony's probably going to do a handful of games that are PS5 only, though. Um, just considering they haven't announced a new game since 2017, and they're the last of the games they have announced is out in July. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 what I'm getting from this is companies need to do better with their messaging. Because, uh, yeah, yeah we, we shouldn't have to dig this hard for, for basic information like this. Um, yeah, you shouldn't this have to more people that are online yeah. to understand how the fucking Xbox Series mm. X works. Also, I'm sorry I'm so extra tonight. No, I, I love it. I'm here for so it. angry. Reb, Reb, you're my hero right now. Oh, thank you. But no, this has been uh, a rough year for uh, wanting information on anything gaming related. <laughs> <laughs> Sony, Nintendo, so, Microsoft, all three of them are just like, you want to know things? Too bad. That's Too a, fucking <laughs> bad. And this is the time. To- sorry, we're trying to move on. This is the time in the consoles like, well, we should be finding shit out. We are mm-hmm. almost to fucking not E3. 
Like, we gotta... Somebody's gotta say something about these consoles. That's a month till Naughty 3. It's a weird time. I know everyone's fucked up by yeah. COVID-19. But I'm sorry. I know we're not really talking about it, but, like, the everything Boys really reunion fucked up tour. by COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't... Everybody's, like, kind of sitting there, like, okay, what do we do? Well... Let's let's talk about that. Uh, so our last topic was just going to be looking at the release slate for the rest of the year um, oh, in lieu of E3. And I got a few things here, but I guess we'll start with Nintendo. Um, so I think they've just kind of outlined. Can start with Nintendo like because we now we can move on from Nintendo. Start with Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Nintendo, I think they said they're not going to have a direct in June <gasps> for E3. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes, they yes. did. Say I don't so, think they've officially confirmed it, but it has been had reported one plan from for multiple July, sources. I think what I heard, okay. but of course that is like delayed for now. All, all we have confirmed for Nintendo this year, and it, this isn't panicking. There, there will be more stuff. There's tons we don't know about, but all we have confirmed is we got, uh, as far as I know, the big ones. We got Xenoblade Chronicles on May 29th, and then a Clubhouse. Game <laughs> That's collection. it. We're done. Clubhouse no, Games Collection Pokemon in June. Sword and Shield. Pokemon Sword and Shield uh, and Smash Bros. Um, passes. Both from June till fall. Animal Crossing, and then Animal Crossing is just always with us every day, every week. Every day, every rep. Yeah. So honestly, if it weren't for for people like leaking, revealing the the 3D Mario remaster ports, which they're, you know, people really, journalists were not supposed to all go in on revealing that stuff early, but like, but But nope, if if it weren't for that. That was deeply funny. It's funny because if it weren't for that. Because like, BGC knew way more than they originally reported, and they just kind of like reported on the little thing. Well, that's and a then secret, everybody right? was like, like, "Yeah, we fucking know more than that," and everybody reported on it. And then, and then BGC was like, "Yeah, we actually know all this plus more." It was it was like this race to like, yes. report on Mario. The unspoken secret is that funny. everyone knows a lot more than they say, and there's a certain <laughs> amount of courtesy <laughs> of not not revealing shit just for the sake of revealing it. Um, but can I? Can I just say that these knowing these Mario games are coming is one of the only things keeping me going this yes. year? Like, The Last yeah. of Us is one of my favorite games of all time, and like The Last of Us 2 is just not the game I need right now. What I need is a lot of Mario. I am going to play every Mario back to back to back. I'm going to go 64 Sunshine, Galaxy, Galaxy 2, nothing exists after that. Uh, I mean, Odyssey. Do you guys I love Odyssey. like Call of Duty? Wait, what? Call of Duty? Oh, I didn't what mean to make you get that no. face from you. <laughs> I don't know. I just heard Call of Duty, and I reflexively had Call bad, of Duty? <laughs> bad flashbacks to the okay. Call of Duty marathon I've been giving up on. Is Rab okay? I mean. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I do need to continue that. I've got Infinite Warfare sitting and waiting. That I no, you've got good ones ahead of you. Okay, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> sorry, I brought it, it up. No, it's fine. <laughs> No, okay, so so Nintendo's lineup, I think they clearly have more going on than this, right? Like, this is not their fucking lineup for the year. Nintendo is very interesting right now. They are being, like, deeply cautious, and everybody in the industry is being deeply cautious with, like, release dates and stuff, but Nintendo especially is just, like, really holding their cards close to their chest. In the sense, I mean, not in the sense that, like, Mario leaks are just fucking flying everywhere, but, like, like they're just really, like, they're not saying anything. And there's, this is not their holiday lineup. Guys, come on. They do, the Mario games are definitely, like, holiday games. Like, they're going to come out with the Mario collection. That's going to be their big holiday game. Like, for sure. There's no way. Um, there's surely some other stuff in there. Um, I'm trying to think about what else they have that's kind of playing. Like, I'm pretty sure. Metroid like, Prime like, Trilogy? 
Like, yeah, we know, we pretty much, like, know, I know John's not here. Don't, John's don't even, here, don't yes. even. I mean, yes. He's not, he's not even. somewhere, somewhere. Oh, there. wait, you summoned him. I didn't even think he was still in the chat, oh, but sorry, he, John. John showed up again. No, it's never it's happened just kidding. Um, like, like, okay, so we've got, like, that. We've got, like, Bayonetta 3 is still in the works someplace. We've got Metroid Prime 4. Um, I do think the Breath of the Wild sequel is absolutely not this year. I will like, yeah. die on that hill. No. I will. Um, also, like Bravely Default Two is coming out, which is a Square Enix thing. It's third party, but it's still like very Nintendo. So that's like a big thing. So they've got like some other stuff going on. They're just not talking about it, and they're just really hanging on to it. And I think we see a lot of that in the July Direct because there is a okay. point at which they cannot keep holding their cards that much longer like, eventually games happen. are gonna be coming out without being announced and they're gonna be like yeah they have to oh yeah that pikmin 4 <laughs> came out fuck sorry guys yeah. we were supposed uh, to say something pikmin 3, like pikmin 3 is a thing we know we know yeah. exists paper mario right? like it's or sorry sorry not pikmin 3 the the pikmin 4 the we know about pikmin 3 pikmin remaster 3. and we, we don't know, know as much as we want about pikmin 4 but yeah, all that we know exists. Also, I maintain, I have to mention this on every fucking podcast, I maintain that Camelot is making something and it's probably a Mario Golf. Like, it just is. Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, there's, there's stuff going on, but they're just not talking about it, and it's it's interesting. Justin. I think just a lot of companies are in that position where they're just at the point where they need to announce stuff because it's just getting mm-hmm. too late. I think Sony's in that spot right now. Um... Like, obviously, there was the kerfuffle with Last of Us and its uh, mm. last-minute delay. Um, Iron Man think- VR got delayed and didn't get a date. No, <laughs> um, Last of Go- Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima got delayed probably because Last of Us got delayed. Did it get delayed? But, like, they had never given a release date for that. They ha- Yes, it was supposed to be June 20th, oh. and then they... Or it was supposed to be... I think it was the exact same day as Last of Us is now, and now it's July. Ooh. Um, okay. It was right around when Last of Us is coming out now that Ghost of Tsushima was scheduled for. It was supposed to be May for Last of Us, June for Ghost. Now it's June, Last of Us, July Ghost. Um, do, you, do you think, like, it, everyone's like, kind of th- holding off on these announcements? Do you think it's because they are trying to figure out the timing for when to announce them or when to release them? Or do you think it's more logistical, I, like... With the situation and everyone working from home, is it are they just struggling to come up with ways to put together events to announce these? So, I think Nintendo. So with Sony, with Sony, I think they're still in their standoff with Microsoft about next gen stuff and deciding what to show when. But when you're getting within a few months of a console launch, both Sony and Microsoft has said the the hardware just is on schedule, a, and AMD has said the hardware is on schedule. You need to show, first off, they need to show their box, like, and they need to show some games. Um, And so they're in that weird standoff. Also, I think it probably is kind of difficult to get um, marketing materials together during all this, especially when you have, if you want to do a gameplay demonstration, you have to get assets and things from so many different people that are now working from home, trying to coordinate it like get it all put together on the same server when they're not in the same place to put it together to make a cohesive trailer or demonstration. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably pretty tough. And I think people are also still not a hundred. I think now we're probably, they're probably starting to figure out how timetables have been affected on, um, on development. But you know, there was definitely a few weeks there where like, is this going to hurt us? Is this going to 
you know, not do much. Um, so, like, I think there's a lot of factors right now, but it's just getting to the point where people have to say stuff. Because, like, Reb, you, Reb, you had one... something to say on it, too, okay. right? Sorry, go ahead, Reb. Justin's point. Justin's absolutely right. I think that Nintendo <laughs> of the big three is going to be the one that is always going to be the most conservative on these things. Nintendo has historically, I mean, I mean, yeah, they have a few games that they will announce kind of far out. Like, Breath of the Wild 2, I th- again, I think we're not seeing that for a while. But for the most part, they tend to like to announce things like, you know, three to six months before they release. Like, they really hold their cards close to their chest on that. They don't like to announce things early um, because they, you know, they sometimes have delays. Like, you know, Animal Crossing got delayed and they, I think they felt real weird about that. And they, like, very deliberately didn't show anything new about that until they were certain they were fucking ready. Um, And that's, again, I think why they're sitting on, like, Metroid Prime Trilogy and the Pikmin game that we know exists or whatever. Um, so I think that Nintendo especially is going to hang on to those delays, um, or not not delays. They're going to hang, they're going to hang on to those announcements until they're mm-hmm. absolutely certain that they can deliver. And they do still have the disclaimer about timetables, but they they're going to hang on to them until like they're absolutely certain they can deliver on them in a in a certain period of time, right? So I think we're still going to see we're going to get like a direct in whatever we're going to get a direct in July. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be fine. Nintendo's fine. Like I'm sure we'll get the Mario collection at the holiday. Like that's their big holiday plan. They've got to make the investors happy. Um, but I, I do think we'll see some things that are bumped a little bit and Nintendo will wait until they're absolutely yeah. sure before they announce them. Um, but so, yeah, Sony so... seems to be a little more aggressive about it. And I think Justin is correct. It's because they have this new console coming and they kind mm-hmm. of have to play this weird game of chicken with Xbox about it. They also have to try not to overshadow these two major, major games they're releasing in a couple months mm-hmm. on the current hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that we are talking about in chat is... Um, so there's this rumor uh, that's gone around quite a bit that there is a new Batman game releasing this fall. Well, weren't, like, that's weren't, another they, exa- weren't they That's another example of something. And then they just stopped? They teased it, they teased it seven months ago and then <laughs> never followed up that's on it. So weird <laughs> I'm not in marketing, but that's not how you tease things. So I just want to I just want to say I, I, I greatly dislike getting into the the rumors and leaking game. Um, but somebody, but this one, this one has a a lot of juice behind it. Yes. But also somebody (laughs) apparently leaked the existence of the mortal Kombat aftermath story stuff before it was even teased. And in Mm. that also talked about like the next Batman game, uh, being out this fall. So, Mm. and nobody in their right fucking mind would have expected a mortal Kombat story mode expansion DLC. (laughs) So, (laughs) So, I'm yeah, betting. like, th- again, this is an example of a game that needs to just be announced because mm-hmm. if it's coming out, we kind of need to know about it. And I Reb. predict. Oh, Go, no, finish, wait, finish. Reb, do you have. No, finish, finish. Let me just do my prediction then. Uh, Keeley has said he has a game reveal set for next week. I think it's Batman. I think, like, if it wasn't going to be. Um, present at you know Microsoft today. We don't know about what Sony's plans are, and Sony also is marketing Avengers, and I doubt Disney would let them announce a Batman game alongside them showcasing Avengers. Um, so I think it's going to be Batman. I will throw out there. This was a point that I did not think of. This is a point that was brought up to me on the Games Industry Biz podcast, which we recorded today, and which will go up on Monday. But we talk about this in more of a serious business sense, and I'm not drunk for it. Um, 
games like the Batman game are easier to sort of like. So, so we we've had this like giant shakeup, right? Like we're not having E3 anymore. We're not having these like massive showcases with just like a gajillion games, right? Like we're gonna have like something from IGN, um, something from GameSpot, something like this kind of weird like ongoing thing from Keeley, um, and then like individual showcases from Xbox, presumably Sony, right? Like it's it's very scattered. It's in kind of like this weird state right now. Games like this Batman game, right? Like. WB could just fucking go on Twitter and post a picture of the bat symbol and a date. And people who like Batman will fucking show up for it. Their audience will show up. And they don't need really any other showcase um, to get eyes on their Batman game. Because Batman people will just appear when they do that. Um... So I, I I don't know what that tells you about WB, but I think that like I think like the individual franchises that already have some kind of popularity or some kind of audience are probably more likely to do their own thing independent of all these other nonsenses that are going on. Whereas the franchises that sort of need that boost from like Xbox because either they don't have a big name already, like they don't have some like a giant following of people who are already like tuned into whatever they're doing Mm -hmm. or because they're like brand new or whatever's going on there, they are more likely to benefit from these sort of like showcases or like these Xbox things. And so I'm sort of curious to see how that plays out in the next several months as to who shows up at what with what. That was my point. I'm sorry if it made no sense. No, it made sense. No, it made perfect sense. I blame old crow. Yeah. There there wasn't a ton. There wasn't a ton else um, in terms of specifics to the rest of the year. Just a lot of vague dates. One thing that caught my eye. It's the last thing I want to talk about because we're we're almost out of time. I heard mention of an HD version of an EA game, and people are saying Mass Effect Trilogy. Is this nonsense, or is there Jeff some Grubb sort of foundation? Jeff Grubb appears to think that it's not nonsense, and I am inclined in this particular instance mm-hmm. to trust Jeff Grubb. It's very funny. So, like, it's funny how that played out. On the investor call, um, they just had an <laughs> HD version of it, like, whatever game, like, it's whatever and we all kind of assumed it was mass effect like we all hoped it was mass effect and then jeff grubb over at games beat bless his soul writes up this whole thing just like fuck yeah it's mass effect by the way yeah it's the mass effect (laughs) no one really catches on to that um not like any no shade here to games beat they're lovely um, but I think just because like people were reading about it elsewhere, Games Beat is more of an industry focused site. Mm-hmm. The games industry is. Um, so people didn't quite catch it. And the next day he tweets, he's like, "Did y'all see this?" And shows a screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> so he, I I mean, he basically knows. He knows. I I okay. do not personally have any sources, but I mm-hmm. have no reason to distrust Jeff Grubb. And so yeah, it's probably Mass Effect. Really. I think yeah. the 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 fucking the fuck fate of the industry rests on how this Mass Effect free Mass Effect trilogy comes out. Because if this Mass Effect trilogy comes out and it's a garbage remaster, which it's there's a good chance it's gonna be a bad job. Let's just get what are, that what are out of the way. Dump the existing Derek, PC versions onto the consoles. They will. That would be Jeff, terrible don't, because the existing don't, PC. Don't, Jeff, don't I even. I gotta tell you. Don't I'm gonna, even. I'm gonna joke. make you laugh your ass off. Don't okay? even joke. There is an okay. existing problem with Mass Effect One on PC. Are you where, talking about the Garrus texture? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, where the Worth. lighting engine just doesn't work on two specific p- plot-related planets what? on on Novaria and on Ilos. Um, if oh, you are using an AMD processor 
that is newer than a certain generation. Here's I'm using the an AMD processor. Yeah, here's the thing. That's was never <laughs> fixed ever because presumably it was never a problem as long as, you know, because AMD was never going to overtake Intel and gaming oh. processors. It was never. Oh, gonna, no. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. I'm getting a, a call from my uh, producer, which is me. Uh, AMD completely overtook Wait, Intel in gaming processors. <laughs> and not even just gaming, they actually are now, for 2020, the market leader in yeah. CPUs. are so buggy. They have so many awful fucking textures. Like, they need... Mass Effect 1's combat needs to be completely mm -hmm. redone. Like, these games need And the work, menus. ...need work, and they're not gonna get it. Let's be honest about that. Mm -hmm. I will add to this discussion. So Jeff Grubb mentioned somewhere, I'm too drunk to remember if it was in the article or on Twitter, but he said something about how don't expect it on Switch right at launch, which is very disappointing. Yeah. Um, but EA. EA I'll buy it twice. Multiple games on <laughs> Switch. Um, one of them is Burnout Paradise Remastered, but they said multiple. Burnout Paradise mm -hmm. Remastered is only one, so there's another one, um, which is very funny because if you're a person who cares about or listens to investor calls, there is a person who like he wasn't this last investor call i didn't pay i haven't paid attention to who he is there's a person who has called in like the last three and like two or three investor calls and has specifically been like hey what the fuck can we get like the sims on switch what's going on <laughs> and at both times or however many times he's done this like ea like executives have been like yeah we think the Switch is a wonderful piece of hardware, but we just, like, like they've made some comment. I, I'm too drunk to remember. I'm so sorry. I actually know this. We're going to um, remaster Marvel about, Nemesis. Like, the audience is, like, don't make sense or whatever. Like, we don't have an audience on this. Whatever the fuck it is. It sounds like stupid fucking excuse. It doesn't actually make sense. Because, like, if you put a game on Switch, people would show up, obviously. Um, but it's just a very funny thing. And so then now, like, this latest investor call, we get, oh, yeah, we're putting more games on the Switch. See, it's great. Yeah. And so it's. I'm very interested to see what... I'm sure it's only like two games, but I'm very interested to see what the second game is. I, I don't understand. I don't want to get into a whole other thing. I just don't, I don't understand. Like, it's obvious now if you put a game on Switch and it's good, it'll probably do well. So I don't, yes. do not understand hesitation from anyone at this point you to see, put something on EA, it. Uh, Thank you. On, Mr. EA on his way to the office uh, ran over an old Romani woman. Uh, who cursed him? What the shit, Derek? <laughs> I'm into, into this lore. Who cursed him to never be able to release a, a, a current game on a Nintendo system <laughs> in his whole lifetime? <laughs> okay, no, sorry. I, I don't mean to just like pull from chat, but like Imran is reminding me of the thing I was trying to say, which oh, is sorry, like, yes. Wilson's reasoning is that everyone who would one buy an EA game and two own a Switch also owns a PS4, or Xbox, and would rather play things there. That is correct. That is. That but is they saying. might want to play it in bed. Yes, that's the that's thing. My that's point. the thing. That's the thing. He's not wrong. But I, no, a Mass Effect, Mass Effect trilogy, I'll buy that shit twice. Yes. Like I, I don't care. Let me have Mass Effect with me wherever I go. I own all the Doom, uh, well, all the classic Doom games on PS4 and Switch. I can just play any Doom when I want to play any Doom game. Like with classic games, I'll buy them more than once. <laughs> Well, we're I will uh, also just throw out. We were talking about EA and Nintendo. The other thing, and I know we're like really like running close to time, but the other thing is that Activision Blizzard said during their financials that they have uh, two titles based on library IP from Activision coming up. So what? New Crash Bandicoot. Moby Dick. 
<laughs> Not the right kind of library. Yeah. Well, there have been multiple bands and skaters that have said a Tony Hawk game is coming it's soon. To- it's Tony Hawk. And it'll be I bad. Mean, yeah. Know, yeah. Like, it'll be bad. From, yeah. from people telling me who know things, it's fucking Tony Consi- Considering the last Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk game, Hawk I'm, I'm going... I think I think there's going to be a new crash. Cra- the crash revitalization has been very successful for Activision. Almost, um, un- I think, unreasonably successful considering the game's Yeah, bad. like way more than it should have been. <laughs> uh, well, we we are over time, and Reb's drunk, and uh, cheers. Yeah, that's two shows in a row. We had Margarita Zach last week, and we Hell got Bourbon yeah, Reb. Yeah, we did uh, this week, so we're, we're on a roll. Like it's my turn next week, folks. Crow Bourbon. It's like the cheapest bourbon that was at the store when I bought it. Bourbon's fucking expensive. It's so sad. It's so cheap here in Kentucky. <laughs> Damn it. Kentucky <laughs> I can get good shit for, for 20 bucks for a 750 mil bottle. Well, I'm going to have my people talk to your people. Yeah. Back after the show. Sorry, Jeff. Well, that, that's all right. Am well, I going to well, start well, smuggling alcohol over the New York Canadian border? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how desperate I get. <laughs> <sighs> Well, we're, we're over time here, so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Um, before we finish, I want to give a shout out to Derek, our producer, who rarely gets a mention on the show for this, uh, but he's the, basically the one who makes sure that our show actually exists after we stop broadcasting. It goes up <laughs> on YouTube and on Twitch, on SoundCloud, and all the podcast services, uh, and that's mostly thanks to Derek. Unfortunately, so. not as quickly as I used to do it, mostly because of depression. But You know what? I'm just amazed it. it happens at all. Derek, you're incredible. Don't even. <laughs> So uh, that's it. That's all we got for this week. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to SEGC for Thursday, May 7th. We will catch you again next week. Until then, it's not always poetry, and we don't always agree, but we do always keep it real. Take care of everyone. Good night, Ira. Cheers.